Johnny Pollard, I'm so happy to have be around you again. We're in, <laughs> we're, in New, we're in New York in your apartment. Beautiful, sunny. Oh, no, it's a shady day, but it feels sunny in sunny my on heart. the inside. <laughs> it feels so sunny as we meditate. And then I just, because i got the headphones on, I can hear you breathing. And there's something so tranquil about just hearing your breath. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know why. It was, cause it, I think it's because when you meditate, you don't hear other people's breath, mm. breathing so closely as uh, this. Yeah, so you get it amplified. Yeah, really mm. amplified. Man. It's so good to see you again. So good to see you too on my couch. (laughs) You got such a presence that makes anyone glow. You you offload X4 this sunshine and it makes me very happy just being around you. I feel like I'm healing just by sitting on a couch with you and smiling. Well, that's good. Um, you've You've done many things since our last chat, primarily launching One Giant Minds teacher training which is a very sophisticated, dynamic experience for people to, that professors are swooning at, kind of integrating artificial intelligence of sorts with very, very clever knowledge. Yes, all of that. <laughs> yeah. Is that a preview of what's to come or are we diving into that now? Oh, you, can give us the, you can give us the top line of what's going on there. So One Giant Minds uh, started as a, a not-for-profit mm. with our focus for most of our years being um, delivering a learn-to-meditate uh, program on a smartphone app. And uh, it had a, an enormous amount of success. Um, however, when we really analyzed the impact that we were having, we were teaching people how to meditate, but we weren't necessarily being overly successful in supporting them in their ongoing practice. Mm. Uh, We're getting a lot of drop-off, and that's because the human element wasn't present. And what it indicates to us is that technology plays a really powerful role, being able to deliver knowledge, but we always are going to be dependent on human beings for um, constantly reminding ourselves of why we do what we do, um, the relevance of it in this moment, um, and you know, building community around experiences that reflect our deepest values. And nothing's going to replace any of that. Mm. And um, so we we went on a really wonderful journey with that piece of technology. um, And it's still serving us and the world in a really beautiful way. Um, And so our response to our discoveries about, you know, the missing human element was actually to um, create an opportunity for people that are really passionate about meditation to become meditation teachers. Mm. And uh, there's not a huge amount of options out there in terms of, you know, being able to be trained um, in a very pragmatic way in techniques that are highly effective um, and, and do so in a, in a relatively short period of time, you know, uh, most of the prerequisites for, for teacher trainings for meditation um, are often uh, steeped deeply in uh, lineage-based practices um, that require a degree of indoctrination in those uh, lineage-based practices uh, in order to access the full extent of the knowledge base that, that they offer. Mm. And me having, um, you know, been deeply immersed in a variety of lineages and traditions in the last 20 years, um, I've kind of been able to extract what I believe to be the most uh, essential and uh, necessary for somebody becoming a teacher uh, to get access to um, and learn how to embody to step into the role of becoming a teacher. 
Sure. And and making it very accessible and readily available right now. Mm. And uh, it's been a, a wonderful journey to get to where we are now. We've we've currently got five cohorts um, in in class, if you like. And um, whilst we are delivering the program primarily online, uh, it's very personalized and it's very interactive. And you talked about AI. We're, we've teamed up with a company called Fulcrum Labs that um, uh, have developed this remarkable piece of technology that delivers um, learning-based curriculum um, on this sort of adaptive learning pl- uh, platform, mm. which basically uses an AI algorithm to determine um, your learning style and then delivers you the assessments in accordance with how it's perceiving your level of comprehension and what that ensures is it's a very personalized experience um meaning that you know if you're very advanced you can power through the training Mm. and not have to wait for somebody at a lower level of understanding um in order to to keep moving through it's you know it's the problem with most education models right now is that it's kind of like a one-size-fits-all and what what adaptive learning enables us to do is deliver a program with the same content, but enable um, people at different levels of comprehension and understanding to, to move through it at their own pace um, without compromising the quality of the program. So good. Yeah. So, so it's, and it's proving to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Our, our, um, our completion rates are 100% at the moment, which is unheard of and extraordinary. We're not getting any, any dropouts. Amazing. Yeah. You made a human being in this time. You're putting a book out in this time. Yeah. I, I, I say the three Bs happened this year. The um, First it was the book, then it was the business, and then it was the baby. Wow. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. Trinity. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been mega. Mm. Uh, the book uh, has kind of been a, a, a work in progress for two years. Mm. I spent a lot of time in India writing it. And again, you know, taking the same principle of... Uh, deeply esoteric and uh, sometimes very arcane knowledge and um, extracting the the keynotes out of that uh, that um, are the most pragmatic, practical and applicable mm. to our lives right now. Mm. And this particular book, which is a subject that I believe you want to talk about in mm. this podcast, um, uh, is something that I believe pertains to every single human being mm. uh, relative to the condition that the modern world is kind of enforcing upon yeah. upon us at the moment. Yeah. So it's it's a really it's a really fantastic short bite size teaching. Uh, it's called the Golden Sequence, mm. and we can dive into it in greater mm. detail if mm. you like. Mm. Um, that's all about self empowerment in, mm. in a really pragmatic way. It's so good. Mm. I've read bits of it early drafts, and I'm so excited to read the final one. Yeah, very looking forward to it. What does feel relevant, yeah, is to talk a bit about what's been going on for me in relation to your teachings with this book specifically. Because for me, this trip, the last two and a half, three months, has been just about letting go, surrendering, and laying down the idea of what I think I am, what I think I should be. And it's been a continual more and more. And then it hit another peak when I got to New York when all my luggage went missing with American Airlines. <laughs> and um, to having nothing, you know, and, and having to rebuy lots of things, but buy lots of clothes. I let go of the things pretty quickly. It's like they're just things, although I'm disappointed because I had some sentimental things in there. 
but also that was okay once I let go. Then it was the back and forth of my time and my attention with the airline that was very stressful and they pull you into this vortex of not figuring it out for you. <laughs> so that's what was really frustrating for me is like my my attention being wasted and more so getting stressed. That was a challenge because it kind of, it sucked all the energy out of me and made me feel sorry for myself a bit and yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's been definitely a great thing of letting go. And the more I let go, the more beautiful things come up like people I meet and going to the assemblage the other night, which is a beautiful spiritual hub of people that are doing great work. And that kind of came just because I let go of a few things and met this person and it's like, yeah, sure, let's hang out. And they took me there and yeah, you know, beautiful things happen when you let go. That's what I've been finding. Yeah. Yeah. So the big question is what are we letting go into and what are we letting go of? Mm. You know, this, this is the crux of, uh, our human dilemma, I think, is this uh, this idea that we have to somehow try and control circumstances mm. in order to to get the kind of outcome that we desire. <laughs> True. And um, True. Yeah, and it's 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 our inability to control things successfully, fully all the time. We might be able to control some things some of the time, but we can't tr- control everything all the time. <laughs> and so it's a completely unsustainable approach to um, happiness, fulfillment, connection, um, and you know, can, uh, constantly remaining connected to a sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. Mm. And so the big question is, you know, what, what are we letting go into or what are we letting go of? Mm. Um, and so, you know, this is the the subject of the book, The Golden Sequence. It's the um, the tagline is a manual for reclaiming the power of our humanity. Mm. And what this implies is that we have lost the power of our humanity mm. and that it, it requires us reclaiming it. And it also implies that within our humanity, there is inherent power. Mm. And what is that power? Um, and I describe it as uh, an extraordinary intelligence that, if accessed and stabilized, enables us to meet every demand of life with the highest level of elegance and sophistication and dynamism, creativity, generosity, benevolence, um, mm. uh, and, and enthusiasm, vitality, energy. And... And constantly um, progress the model of our our sense of purpose in this life and our reason for existing mm. and our underlying understanding of who we are, why we're here, and how best to exist in a way that enlivens that mm. and gives gives life to that. So that's that's what that intelligence is, and I summarize the, that that whole thing as love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that intelligence is love, and love in action is all of those things that I just described. This kind of in, creative, benevolent, generous dynamic. Um, is it love because it's the it's the connectivity of apparent otherness coming together, or is it exactly, love because yeah. it's you know like if two things are reverberating, 
in the same frequency or you know the same energy level yeah well that yeah both it's because yeah. that's all that's happening in the universe mm. is that you know if we observe nature everything that appears separate from itself um is in a symbiotic relationship mm. inherently mm. it's it is by design um always seeking to um serve a mutually beneficial relationship with everything it is in relationship with mm. so that um the foundation of nature is essentially love because that's what i describe love is is the instinct to to serve greater connection shared growth you know mutual benefit mm. for the for for the purpose of serving our innate belonging to the whole thing mm. And so everything within our physiology, the way that we work on a cellular level, on an atomic level, on a quantum level, everything's working to serve itself. Um, And when there is something that is in the system that is um, not serving the greater whole, Mm. there is an intelligence that kicks in to Mm. try and resolve that problem. We call it our immune system. (laughs) And so uh, this intelligence is a, a play everywhere where the underlying theme is uh, mutually beneficial relationships and how can we exist in a way where we're constantly serving both our own personal needs and the other, that wh- whomever we're in, in contact with. Mm. And what is, required in order for, what is required in order for us to successfully do that? And what I outline in the book, the underlying principle that enables us to successfully be in a constant state of um, symbiosis is awareness. In order for us to uh, detect the need of the moment, we need to be aware of what's taking place. Mm. What are the layers within the transactions we're engaged in? Mm. What are the layers of um, experience that we're having that give us the data to receive the experience of what's happening in the present moment Mm. and then respond from that instinctive place. And when we have a constant flow of data coming in and we are completely surrendered to that deeper intelligence, the the, um, (laughs) somebody has just woken up. (laughs) Should I go get up? Yeah, absolutely. That's the priority, Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) she might just go back to sleep yeah beautiful or she might participate in the conversation (laughs) it's small hey honey hi boo so what was what was daddy saying ah okay so if you surrender to this when, when we're able to surrender to this intelligence and remain constantly in contact with it What we're insured is that every moment is going to dynamically evolve upon itself, Mm. yielding greater capability, greater dynamism, um, uh, and expression of our humanity. And this is the thing that's missing in our world right now is a gross disconnection from the understanding of what makes us human Mm. and the the immense intelligence and power that lies within each of us to respond to the moment in a way that is holding at the forefront of each of our attention the priority of serving the greater good. Mm -hmm. And if we can uh, 
cultivate our nervous system. <laughs> she's looking at you, like yeah. absorbing it. Her head's bobbling. She's actually transmitting. I'm just, uh, uh, she's transmitting <laughs> to me. I don't know what I'm saying. The child has got total control of my mind. <laughs> it felt like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if if we are able to, if we're able to cultivate our humanity, uh, this is, this will be the the outcome of of it. And so this is what the book's about. It's just the first of a bunch of really, really wonderful teachings mm. that I'm looking forward to sharing mm. that are all about how we pragmatically cultivate the power of our humanity, which is to say the power of our ability to love. Beautiful. Mm. And the practical specifics of that, I think tying it into my situation, just so we got something to anchor into that mm-hmm. can, that's relevant for me for starts, but I think also helps with examples. I definitely know what you mean by letting go of my idea of what I want the outcome to be and the situation to be and diving into this kind of field of intelligence Mm. that I can only really access when I let go of my idea. The problem is when you meet so many other people with their rigid attachments, their ideas of what they want the outcomes to be, it's all this... Conflict. Conflict, yeah. Exactly. So when we're talking about letting go, what it implies is there is some sort of resistance or holding on to to something that is when we're when we're letting go the revelation of letting go is um the the realization that holding on is causing some kind of dissonance inside of us Mm. and that this resistance is generating a state of mind that is not yielding the desired outcome Mm. when we're in a state of resistance we are defensive when we're defensive we abandon the magic of the present moment Mm. to try and forecast events that may or may not come to pass in the future Mm. based on an idea that we have about what we think we need to have happen Mm. in order to feel safe and secure, (laughs) right? And so it sounds exhausting. (laughs) And it is, right? (laughs) It's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. And so defensiveness um, and uh, resistance require an enormous amount of mental energy to strategize and preempt and hold on to ideas despite what the moment is yielding. Mm. For me, cultivating our humanity is me trying to connect with a customer service agent at American Airlines in a in a way that's um, non-aggressive, it feels like. But then do I need to play the game that they're playing? <laughs> you know, like what's the boundaries of engagement there yeah that's a really great word the b word boundaries i mean you know it's it's a very common thing that we um can be at the butt end of some really bad customer service and it can cause an immense amount of frustration and disappointment because you know when you when you buy a ticket with an airline you expect that they're going to look after your stuff when you hand it over to them, mm. put it under the thing, <laughs> that when it come out the other end, it's going to be there for you. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a fair expectation. You know, yeah. our, our suffering correlates directly with our, uh, our ability or inability to um, reappoint um, our disappointment. Mm. Mm. And um, So where do I need to reappoint it to? Uh, yeah, to to 
to the present moment because our disappointment is always uh, future-based. Mm. We had an expectation of a certain outcome to occur mm. in the future, and mm. when it didn't come to transpire, or we sense that... Is that an issue? That's no, fine. Some badass guy in the street revving his engine. Which is serious. 454 big block. <laughs> big block. Uh, big block. So, yeah, so, you know... Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll start clean. So yeah. our our disappointment, or so our suffering in life, is really um, it correlates directly with our inability to reappoint our disappointment. You know, disappointment mm. is when you know something doesn't happen uh, in the way that we wanted it to happen, mm. and when that occurs. Uh, and we are unable to let go and reappoint th- that expectation, um, we remain locked in that moment mm. and in resistance to what is actually taking place. And so this is, you know, maybe what you experience is that you found out as a result of buying a ticket with an airline um, and giving them your luggage, which you trust, you have an expectation that when you get to the other end that your luggage is going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it's not you feel disappointed mm. and that with disappointment comes frustration, anger, mm. you know, resentment, you know, all of these hurt, pain, mm. all of these things that can, can occur mm. probably in this instance, probably frustration and anger. Yeah. Particularly if you're met by a customer service agent who doesn't really appear to care that much about your situation or provide any practical solutions. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> kind of other than, you know, tell you to suck it up, yeah. you know, your bag's gone. Now, well, actually, that would actually be easier if they did just do that. They they kind of send you around this kind of alluring rabbit hole of of potential. Oh, let me send it up to my manager, yeah, my yeah. senior manager, yeah, yeah, you know, who will you know send yeah. it off to the yeah. complaints agency. And, just be straight yeah. with me. You don't yeah. want to pay me out. <laughs> You've lost my bag. Yeah. Um, so you know, in in these kinds of moments, you know, there is a a responsibility that I think we have as human beings. If the customer service does not live up to the a promise, mm. the expectation that you had entering into a relationship with them, it's like, oh, you're providing a service. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll pay for that service. Mm. And with that comes an expectation that you're not going to crash the plane while I'm on it. You're not going to poison me with the food that you serve on it and that the oxygen is going to be breathable and that you're going to screen everybody that comes on the plane so there's not a crazy person on there that you know, wipes us all out, you know, all of these things. You, you have these expectations. Mm. And uh, we have a responsibility when we enter into relationships with people, whether it be an airline or a, an intimate relationship, that expectations are set based on a mutually agree- agreeable terms, mm-hmm. right? And then we hold each other accountable, not rigidly, because we're all entitled to change our policies, right? <laughs> we all, because we're always evolving. We're, we're entitled to change, and if we factor that in, that's fine. In the case of an airline, you know, unless you got sent an email in the time that you were took off to the time you arrived, that they changed their refund or reimbursement policy with lost baggage, you're entitled to feel a little bit disappointed and, and upset. Mm. And actually, it's your responsibility to hold them accountable. Mm. And this, to me, is an act of love, you know, because what you're doing is you're holding them accountable to stay true to their word. In this world, one of our greatest um, uh, ailments is our acute mistrust of each other Mm. and life in general. Mm. 
And we mistrust each other for good reason because we proclaim something and we don't live up to it. We 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 uh, set expectations and don't fulfill those expectations of each other. Mm. And um, and we're not in the habit of holding each other accountable with love and compassion. Mm. Um, generally, if somebody doesn't fulfill expectations, we will do everything in our power to shame them mm. <laughs> and punish them. Retribution. But retribution is no source of resolution for us mm. as human beings. It doesn't provide any long-term resolution to the, the big problem, which is I don't want that to happen again. We can punish people, but there's no real evidence to suggest that punishing people stops them, stops them from offending repeatedly. Mm. Um, whereas we can, we can educate and we can um, compassionately hold, hold them accountable using uh, our power and our will. So in this mm. instance, you know, you, you were disappointed. The ticket, the ticket <laughs> um, said that you'd probably get all your stuff back if they lost it. Mm. And then they're going, oh, no, actually, uh, we need to put you, put you on to this person, this person, this person. Mm. Um, and in that process, you're getting really pissed off. Stressed. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm. Um, there's a twofold level of responsibility. The first is to take full responsibility for your own emotional reactions. You know, we have to accept that we live in a world where people are not, uh, as a matter of priority, dedicated to fulfilling uh, what it is that they said they would. Mm. The average person uh, is quite comfortable in compromising um, their own conscience in order to kind of just survive or whatever it is that motivates us to ignore mm. what it is that we, we know is right. Mm. And that, that requires you know, a great deal of energy, by the way, to ignore our conscience. But we live in a world where we are indoctrinated into a way of being where we're actually encouraged to ignore our conscience mm. and to ignore what we believe is right. And so we just need to accept that, that that's just the playing field. It's just the world that we live in. And it doesn't mean that we accept it and uh, assume defeat. In order to transform this situation, in order to transform any situation, it requires us accepting the circumstances fully. Mm. And once we've accepted it, we can interact with the moment mm. to try and, uh, using our full level of intelligence and love mm. to elicit the desired outcome because it's only through love that we can melt through ignorance that we can we can create desired outcomes so you know as a as a, as a proposition for consideration as your frustration built um, you you could recognize that you have an opportunity in that moment to go, okay, I, I've misappointed my disappointment. I can completely let go. And it, and it sounds like you did that mm. to an extent. And then how, how can I interact with this system to perhaps illuminate the situation in a way that empowers them, empowers that customer service person to go above and beyond for me mm. in order to, to make sure that you know, 
I, I get what I want and they deliver on what they promised. Mm. And when we, we look at it from that way, rather than I'm just going to be pissed off and I'm entitled to be pissed off because I had an expectation and I'm entitled to have that expectation. I paid good money and I gave you my trust. And, you know, we could go down that pathway and just stamp our feet and bang our fists and tell every person that we meet, do not buy a ticket with that airline. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll lose your stuff and they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could just invest in that whole thing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, polarizing and divisive and, and exhausting and not reflective of ultimately what we want to experience. What no. we want to experience is telling the story of how that, that happened. You lost your bag and they were a bit resistant in kind of helping me. But I turned it around. I accessed a deeper level of my intelligence and I worked out a way to connect with the customer service person as a human being and communicate. I shared my story, how I was feeling, what my disappointment was, but my willingness to work through it. And can you please help me? Can we work together to really, mm. you know, mm. work this out? How, mm. can we, how can we fix this? And, you know, through a series of connections and conversation, it, it, turned, it turned out to be a really wonderful situation. Mm. You might not have got your bag back, but, you know, something else might have come of it. Mm. And at the very least, through that entire process, you got to live in accordance with your conscience, your higher self, mm. from a place of love, not yeah. a place of defensiveness, not a place of anger and resentment, so that when you recount that story, it's one that is retold through wisdom and not through anger and fear and regret, mm. Mm. which is dominating our lives way too much right now. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. And I felt, I felt from the <clears throat> probably 20 or so conversations I've had with them over the last four days, most of them, at least 15 of them, have been... I've been taking responsibility for my emotions and connect. I feel like I've come away from all the conversations in a good place of each person that I've spoken to. Yeah. I, if I got frustrated, I said, I'm sorry. And it's just because I'm feeling frustrated as you can, you know, like try to try to connect with them on a human level. Yeah. And there was points of connectivity, but ultimately they felt like a robot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was one or two that resonated with and they were nice. Yeah. But generally they, um, it's just this interface for the problem, not the problem itself. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's actually a criteria for employment in these roles for a lot of people, you know, mm. where there are likely to be a, a huge amount of customer service complaints. Mm. It'd be stressful as they, they hire them. people with low level emotional intelligence so that they can kind of just effortlessly rebound yeah. and oh. don't absorb the complaints yeah, and things it's, and, it's, you know, uh, yeah. deflect, deflect, deflect yeah. and, and be able to go home and, and go to sleep at night. Yeah. So, you know, it, I can again, that. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the world that we live in. It's it's designed to, <laughs> for for the most part, um, not ac- accommodate a very rewarding and fulfilling human experience. Mm. Um, and and so, it's up to us. Yes. How do we change that? How do we how do we retell this story, or or how do we just change the experience of how we show up as human beings mm. every day, mm. and stimulate more humanness in our mm. transactions and mm. in, in the way that we engage with the world. So if we go back to the thing of wanting to let go because it ultimately won't serve us and wanting to lean into this in supreme intelligence of the universe and the beauty that that will unravel for your life experience, what's the sequence that one would go through 
if the first stage one we've identified that yeah we want to have this experience of letting go Mm -hmm. because I think that's a that's a big first step for anyone is to go identify that there's something they need to let go of people find that very hard I find that very hard I mean the the more you get familiar with doing it the more you're like of course this is just something I need to let go of but for a lot of people the idea of letting go what that's madness yeah so, um, funny you should ask that, Jeremy, because <laughs> I, I have some steps laid out in my book, The Golden Sequence. Um, and so, I outline the process of moving from defensiveness, fear-based defensiveness, back into the, the wisdom of love, the intelligence of love, mm. um, in, in five simple steps. The first one is surrender. And when we say surrender, what we're saying is I, res- I surrender all resistance to this moment. Mm. meaning I'm going to stop fighting. And when we stop fighting, that moves us into the next phase of acceptance. Mm. So step two is acceptance. I accept my power to receive and respond with love. And what we're doing is we're declaring the ultimate desire, which is I don't want to be defensively um, engaged with you right now where Mm. we are in conflict. I want us to be in agreement to be on the same page and to cooperate for a mutually beneficial outcome. Mm. The only way that I can do that is to declare that that's what I want. Mm. And so in this moment, I accept my power to be able to do that Mm. because when we're in fear, we convince ourselves that we are incapable of being in a state of loving acceptance of our power. It's like, there's, there's just no way I can deal with you in this in this situation right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way, yeah, you yeah. know. And therein lies the problem, the declaration of it. But mm. if you actually are willing to accept that you have the power to do that and to feel the discomfort of what that requires, then what you realize is you have extraordinary ability to do it, which moves us to the third step, which is to feel. So we go surrender or resistance accept our power, and then I allow all feelings without judgment. Meaning, I'm going to allow myself to feel my anger, disappointment, pain, and resentment, and also hurt, and whatever it is that is arising. But also, when moving towards our power, what it also uncovers is our unworthiness, Mm -hmm. our unlovability, our lack of power, a sense of powerlessness, All of these things come up, which is fear-based. All of our conflict actually derives from these feelings. And what's being asked in this this process, the golden sequence, is to completely surrender into those feelings, accepting that underlying it, I have the power to move beyond it, to move beyond the feelings that keep me locked in defensiveness. Mm. And to, to be with those feelings and just allow them to pass, to come up and pass. There's this beautiful old saying, you've got to feel it to heal it. Our biggest problem as human beings, why well, I make these statements, our biggest problems, one of the biggest problems as human <laughs> beings is that we have lost touch with our ability to feel mm. and understand it as a mechanism of healing. Mm. You know, we, we avoid feeling at all costs because it hurts so much and we feel that if we start feeling, we're going to get sucked into an infinite abyss of darkness and pain and fear. But this is just a, a, a gross misconception. 
when we lure, lower ourselves into the uh, to the hot bath of the pain of the past, it burns and stings for a moment. Mm. But then we 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 acclimatize to the to the to the temperature of that of the sensations in our heart, and actually after a, a short period of time, we start to feel a deep sense of relief feeling the pain. Mm. It, it ceases to overwhelm Definitely. us, yeah. and we just go, "Oh, actually, it feels terrible, but I feel so much relief feeling it." Why? Because it's releasing. Mm. We're healing it, and and out it comes. So this is the the third part, um, and so that means in in any situation like you're describing feeling the anger and frustration okay i'm just going to surrender to these feelings mm. i'm not going to build a defense mechanism mm. i'm not going to build a strategy moving forward resisting these feelings i'm just going to feel them mm. and then as a result of truly surrendering into our feelings affirming that our nature is love i am going to connect with the power of love I choose love. So connecting is the next one. Mm. So you've got surrender, accept, feel, co uh, connect. And connecting is affirming in this moment. I can see that I can feel love because that's what happens when you really feel mm. affirming your power. Love just naturally starts to bubble up. The wisdom mm. starts to flow, if only in spurts and splatters. But the more you give your attention to it, you know, like the turning of a turning on a hose, mm. you know, that hasn't been turned on for a while. It goes, and the water that comes out might be muddy and dirty for a moment, but then it starts to flow again. Mm. By constantly choosing to stay in the heart, feel the pain, clears the spluttering, and starts to establish a steady flow of love in the heart. Mm. And that's a state, of, it's a choice that we make that is not just made in one moment but a choice that we stay with that causes the steady flow of love mm. and then once we allow that to come up while simultaneously allowing the feelings of hurt and pain because it doesn't mean when we feel love that our pain goes away they they, they can coexist they're not mutually exclusive experiences and this is another gross misconception i won't allow myself to feel love until all my pain is gone mm. But actually, we can feel pain and love at the same time. Mm. And when we do, our pain takes on a whole nother, another flavor. Uh, you know, pain by itself is like, you know, eating a handful of salt. But pain with love is like sprinkling salt on a delicious meal. It adds flavor. Mm. You know, so we know this, right? You know, you, we can have feelings of pain and sadness but it's kind of got this sweetness to it because mm. it's backlit by the knowingness that we're mm. going to be okay mm. despite this pain i'm going to be fine i'm going to mm. get through this mm. it's when we believe that we don't have the power to overcome it mm. that we fall into fear and we disconnect ourselves mm. from that power can i give an, an example of that the sprinkling the feeling of pain during love it was actually with a conversation with someone really close to me last night who actually said some really home truths after I let something slip out of my mouth that was insensitive about my idea of the way I think things are and it came out of my mouth before I even had the chance to <laughs> before I even had the chance to filter it filter yeah. it yeah. yeah which is because I feel so close to those person and you often yeah. hurt the people that are really close to you mm. but so I, I didn't have my filter up and made her cry 
and really upset. And then she, instead of hanging up, she proceeded to tell me my behavior and how it's not good enough in terms of, you, you know, you need to think about other people, not just prioritize your own feelings mm. or your own idea of the way things are. Mm. And then that, my opinion about this one, without going too deep, was actually stemmed to a hurt that's interwoven with her. So it got a little bit muddy. But anyway, the point of it is, is that I just loved her sharing the honesty of how I made her feel. Mm. It made me cry after mm. she was crying mm. and really own it. And I tried to dodge it at one point and I was like, oh, it's just because of this. And she's like, no, that's still not it. You're still it, defending it. You're still defending it. And then I was like, yeah. you're right. There's something about the vulnerability that you reach. There's something about her doing that to me that I felt so cared for mm. and ha- felt deeply for her. Yeah. And that's where the richness of relationship for yeah. me lies is, is being able to have someone that not only can be vulnerable with, but vulnerable with in the moment like that. And hold you accountable. And hold me accountable. And, oh, and you this go. is yeah. love and that's boundaries. Yeah. Love and boundaries. So she was exercising boundaries going, I love you and I'm going to share with you the experience that I'm having with you right now. Because I know if I share it with you, you're going to grow from it and we're going to be able to be more dynamic in the way that we relate. Mm. And so it's the greatest act of love. Mm, mm, mm. And so she was really, you know, she, she went through her own pain, you know, felt connected with love. Yep. She chose love. Mm. She could have hung up, mm. but she chose love. Mm. And then she moved into the, four, uh, into the fifth um, of the, the golden sequence steps where she responded from love. Yeah. Uh, so it's, she, she surrendered accepted felt mm. connected and then mm. responded with love mm. and that's the sequence mm. and it's eminently available to all of us mm. in any moment if we can choose to just let go of resisting and defending stop mm. defending stop defending stop defending mm. how can we just listen for a moment to what's really going on and try and respond with with love and it's really really tough it's a big thing it's the biggest it's challenging thing. Yeah. it's a skill that needs to be cultivated and that's why i wrote a book about it because <laughs> i think it's the single most important thing that we need to develop is the ability to disengage the involuntary defensive reactive state which is a neurological thing that we're biologically hardwired to do when we feel a threat to our well-being to our Mm. to our existence Mm. if we feel threatened we can't help it you said the words came out of your mouth before you could even filter it Mm. It it's probably just a defense mechanism you know yeah yep and and you you were running it on autopilot yeah that's exactly what it was it was the top line of something that i actually had a deep heard about underneath in relation to her so it's it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, but and and beautiful all at the same time yeah. when you can unpack it because well, yeah, that's because this is all that we have to do is resolve this stuff. Mm. Resolve, 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 mm. and you know that's so wonderful that you've you've got somebody in your life, and I'm mm. sure many many people in mm. your life where you can have this level of interaction where it's mm. you, you you confront something that goes ouch. Mm. Um, and you unpack the ouch and, you know, examine to what extent you can take responsibility for that mm. ouch. Mm. And that's, that's what we need to learn to do. This is ouch and I need to take responsibility for it to the extent that I can. And then to the extent that I cannot hold you accountable in a loving way mm. to enable you to take responsibility for what you can and when we are all doing this, we advance. Mm. We advance through 
anything that we are, are trapped in and stuck in. And mm. right now, we're stuck. Collectively, mm. we're stuck. We're, we're compl- more than stuck. We're deeply entrenched mm. in our defensiveness, our divisiveness, and our need for differentiation because of our disdain for other and what we need to do is transcend our disdain for the world and actually seek out what we have in common with that which we have disdain for or toward disdain for ourselves as well though right you know yeah. a lot of a lot of my disdain for anything outside of myself it's it's all actually just going on inside of me mm-hmm. so if i can accept the thing that they're making me feel. That's what I love about what Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. Like as soon as it enters you, it's now your responsibility, even if someone else caused it. Each of us have the the power in any given moment to respond to the situation, no matter what it is, with our highest level of intelligence. And I call that our response ability, you know, in, in the truest sense of the word. And our responsibility is our ability to respond with intelligence high intelligence and intelligence not intellectual mm. Uh, mm. It, it responses but intelligence as in using emotional intelligence you mm. know the the full function of our feeling heart uh, compassionate to not only our own needs but others with at the forefront the understanding that we um, are required to live in service of the greater good to be in a mutually beneficial dynamic and um, you know, this requires that we cultivate that skill, you know, because we, we weren't taught it as, as, as kids. And as a result, mm. we have lost touch with it. Mm. I describe it, this is our nature, actually. It's the easiest thing to do once we get the, mm. the, the hang of it. We generate the momentum. It's the most natural thing for us to be loving. But because we've, we've learned, we've been conditioned to be mistrusting, um, it, it actually takes a deliberate effort of cultivating the ability um, to reconnect with that that natural way of being. Mm. And, you know, so this is what the Golden Sequence teaching is all about, is, you know, the, the, the most practical steps to take that you can apply in absolutely any situation that will ensure that you're taking the most progressive um, position in cultivating greater love in the way that you, 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 you respond to challenges and demands of life. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's the, that, that five-stage sequence is so crucial. And w- if you were to <clears throat> do it in an ideal circumstance, is it just putting yourself in nature, putting yourself in a quiet place? You know, what's a physical chamber where you should be for uh, where the, the present moment just wherever you are okay. in the heat of the moment the idea is that you actually practice it like you know a, 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 a technique you you know so after med- so my, my prescription is you you meditate for 15-20 minutes and then at the end you recite surrender accept feel connect respond and then ruminate gently on what they mean, what each of those steps mean, mm. and then to examine with the power of your own self-inquiry, which you'll have ample capacity to do mm. after a nice meditation, mm. is ask yourself, where am I in resistance to anything that's happening right now? Because mm. we all carry a background anxiety and we generally attach it or associate it to a set of circumstances. 
and quite often our anxiety is doesn't directly correlate to 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 the circumstances we attribute it to mm. often what we're doing is looking for trouble because mm-hmm. you know just our modern life uh, causes us to feel anxious mm. you know and s- when we don't have any anything specific to attribute that anxiety to we generally go out and create circumstances so to attribute it to yes. as a part of our survival mechanism to justify it you know if i'm going to have this feeling of anxiety i need reason for it if mm. i can't find mm. reason for it i'm going to go create one mm. that's that's a part of our defense mechanism it's, it's a fascinating thing mm. um and so it's very healthy for us uh, to be spending time each day just gently examining where it is that we're uh, resisting life, where we're taking a, an acute or even mild position of defense and investing a lot of time and energy psychologically, reinforcing those defenses and avoiding the opportunity or robbing ourselves of the opportunity of actually letting go of that and not having it even bother us at all. Mm. Learning to allow the feelings of anxiety, sadness, pain, which are all of these things that have, you know, we've, we've accumulated from the past. They're just there. And we don't need to attribute reason to them in order to heal them. And in fact, the sooner we can relinquish the, the, the reason for why we feel these things and, and get out of our head about why we should be continuing to feel these things mm. or why we're justified in feeling these things, the sooner we can get beyond that and just feel the feelings, the quicker they'll dissolve. Mm. And the, the, the more in habit we are of doing this... The, n- the more natural it becomes that when feelings arise, we don't move into that defensive state. We just allow those feelings to be there. Mm. So what becomes quite natural is intense feelings emerge mm. and then we're able to just allow them, we feel them, mm. we go through the golden sequence really quickly, pa 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 rather than ba 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 in a clunky sort of way. And where's the bottleneck most commonly? Like is feel. it? Yeah, at the feeling level. I don't want to. I don't want to feel this. This will hurt. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I can, I can psychologically say I'll surrender. I'll, I'll let go of my resistance. I can even say I'm willing to claim my power. But when we get into the feelings of it, ah, and then what we generally need to do is go back to surrender, mm. accept, feel, and generally mm. the feeling causes defensiveness again. Mm. Surrender, accept, feel. The bottleneck, that's where a lot of people get stuck in the loop. Yeah. And so what we need And society to- actually encourages you to keep looping. Like even some mm. friends encourage, want you just to feel good because they don't know how else to process it. But yeah. The, the- or they want you to feel bad. Like here in the States, you know, right. they want you to feel angry. You know, the, the, the activism movement, the, so, the social justice movement, you know, uh, want you to remain angry, mm. <laughs> you know, because they believe that the only way that you can create change is to be motivated by your disgust and your disdain and your anger. Otherwise, you'll forget, you'll fall asleep and you'll become complacent. And there's some truth in it to a certain extent, but it's not sustainable. It's mm. not a sustainable approach to social transformation. Mm. Where's the truth in it? Is the truth in it because there's power in the disdain or there's power in the is the, the the truth in it is that when we allow ourselves to to realize how inequitable the world is 
how how we've allowed it to become mm. the way it is. Mm, mm. Um, it, it, the, there's the perspective that it should anger us, and um, we should feel absolute disgust and intolerance to allow it to carry on for a moment further. Yeah, we should be angry, um, and I believe that there is some truth in that for a moment. Um, but in that anger, as we continue to feel through the anger and we connect to love, what we have to realize is that, oh, hang on a sec, I've been playing a role in this. I've been contributing to this. Mm. I've been enabling this in some way. Mm. And so I, I need to confront the anger that I have with myself, learn to forgive myself, and then move into a true state of compassion because forgiveness is only a gateway mm. to experiencing true compassion Mm. and it's only through compassion that we're able to transform any situation Mm. we're not going to transform anything and if all we're after is justice which you know might have flavors of retribution Hmm. um then uh, we 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 walk a very precarious very thin sheet of ice Mm. that can crack at any point in time and we're in danger of becoming our enemies if we're seeking justice it means that there is someone who is being unjust Hmm. and in order to get justice we have to constantly highlight the 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 perpetrator yes it's divisive isn't it yeah it is it's it's ultimately divisive Hmm. now i believe that in the sequence of healing there needs to be a period of time where we call out that which is unjust and particularly those that are perpetrating the injustice uh, and and refuse to accept any accountability they need they need to be pointed out but not in any absolute way not 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 to define them as that for the rest of their lives but Mm. to give them the opportunity to accept that they have actually been perpetrating or violating something so inherent to our humanity Mm. and then to provide them with an opportunity to change. Mm. And if we are perpetually calling somebody out uh, without creating an opportunity for them to change, um, then they become trapped mm. in that judgment. Mm. Compassion is the only way, really, when you think if they're walking around in the body that's feeling all this crap mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're spitting it out into the world, they're spitting out, what, 30% of their life? They've got to deal with that. Hundred percent of their life, that yeah. di- that shittiness yeah. that, that they're walking around. That's got to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of them don't know any different, you know, and and they are miserable. People that are behaving poorly are generally miserable. Mm. They might appear to be happy. They might be wealthy. They might appear to have everything in the world, but their 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 quality of life is not high and mm. rich. <laughs> and um, you know, there's suffering there. And, you know, at the end of the day, irrespective of how somebody might be feeling, it is always our responsibility as individuals to lead with the highest level of example possible to inspire those that have forgotten who are grossly disconnected to their responsibility to be serving the greater good of everyone. Mm, mm. Um, to, To lead by example, to embody all the qualities that would make that proposition enticing. Because calling them out for what they're not doing is certainly not going to make them come around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only going to exacerbate guilt. Mm. And if they're not ready to deal with that, mm. uh, you know, 
the the narcissistic tens- tendencies will you know just create even stronger defense mechanisms mm. and you know make it even more polarizing mm. the situation highly polarizing mm. i can really relate to that very thing in specific relationships in my life where a sense of otherness or not good enough from someone and bring myself to them from like connected to source or connected in my side myself with my energy flow out I feel so much better and more capable and more aware than when I'm trying to actually grapple with that energy that pain loop mm-hmm. and by navigating it in different ways i.e. maybe with my intellect trying to behave a certain way in, in order for them to not engage with me on that pain pattern. You know, like it can get quite complex when when our intellect tries to navigate pain patterns. Mm-hmm. But when you surrender or let go and then just drop into the deepest part of yourself and establish yourself in that, then go into the environment, be in from or create an action from that place. So simple, so easy, so yeah. complete. I feel so complete. Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm really aware of the difference in those two things. Yeah, and this is more a huge more. challenge for us is to recognize that there is no resolution, absolute resolution, um, being validated or accepted fully by others when you don't accept yourself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's as simple yeah. as that. <laughs> and when 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 we have pain in relationships, particularly family and things. And we're really desiring for for the others to behave differently in order to kind of demonstrate that they understand us and respect us and care for us, and they don't. And we're always trying to strategically interact with them to try and coerce them to behave in a kind of particular way. Yeah. It's just a, fru- a fruitless, you know, exhausting, painful, frustrating, mm. um, disappointing exercise. Mm. The only thing for it is to go inside accept yourself for who you are mm. and despite their judgment of you love yourself mm. and that's the tough one that's the tough one learning how to love yourself despite other people around you you know not loving you in the way that you feel or well, not loving you for who you truly are mm. and you know the responsibility is on us to to actually give life to who we truly are Mm. And and make it an adorable proposition. You know, our, our true self is always adorable. Hmm. That's just a rule. The true self is always adorable if we can get access to it, mm. cultivate it, let it come out and be expressive mm. of it c- courageously. Mm. And quite often, if we're not loved for who we truly are, it's because we're not fully expressing it. Mm. Yeah. So fascinating. This stuff is making me really realize that it's not necessarily about unlocking all these fear impressions on our body. It's more so being good at the sequence <laughs> because then you, life's a continuum. You can continually evolve. You can, yes. you, you can navigate these fears as they need to come up because I can't just go, right, bring them all up now at once no, and no, clear no. them all from no, my system. do you want to? We yeah. don't want to go looking for trouble. Yeah. You know, we just want to be innocently here in the present moment in our loving heart and as fears and pains arise, we deal with them as they arise. Mm. You know, they're, they're, you run a risk of um, missing the point of life if all you're interested in doing is trying to resolve, 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 resolve without having intermissions of connection with the present moment and just enjoying the progress that you've made. Mm-hmm. 
you need those intermissions mm. of connection and and actually what you notice like you just described the experience of evolving out of your conditioned self into your true self becomes this seamless elegant um, procession of events mm. and experiences every day if you make yourself available you know like the conversation you had last night you went to a new level mm. today you're sitting here having this conversation we're going to a new level mm. you know this afternoon when you go back out into New York City and interact with people you'll things will happen if you make yourself available right you know you'll go to a new level it's a procession of events that seamlessly stitch together you know the resolution of our past and reveal to us who we truly are it's so cool mm. yeah and it's all here it's happening right now we don't have to over intellectualize it we just need to be here now surrender accept feel connect <laughs> respond mm. Jeez, i can really feel that happening all that those things happening for me in a very practical you, the way you're describing it is the way it's it's the, happening it's happy, happening yeah. for me on this yeah. trip particularly yeah it's, it, it's it's always messy as well and I, I'm more and more I'm not minding that because of course it's going to be messy because I'm figuring it out I'm figuring out how to let go I'm figuring out how to fall into that sequence a little bit quicker next time a little bit quicker next time mm-hmm. and and this life thing is super clunky <laughs> clunky as fuck yeah it really is um <laughs> We just need to be okay with the mess. Mm, and mm. then we have these moments of such tidy perfection, you know, these <laughs> beautiful interactions with with people that's just so delicious and yummy and tidy and neat and whole and complete and deep and rich. And, mm. and you know, we, we just <laughs> have to accept that it's all part and parcel, mm. you know, clunky moments, yummy moments. It's all just part of it. Mm. We've just got to get comfortable with the mess of mm. our humanity right now mm, mm. rather than resisting it and judging it as bad or good or, you know. Mm. What's your yummiest moments at the moment in life? Oh, definitely sharing it with Carla and Safira. Mm, mm. The the sense of completeness and wholeness that I feel with Carla as my, as my wife mm. and our knowingness of the... The, the the magnificent miracle of life, giving birth to this little child and just sitting still and silently observing her and just taking her in together, sharing in that experience of her sort of discovering what it means to be a human being. Hmm. I mean, there's <laughs> just nothing like it. It's like it, it trumps everything. You know, even my, my my deepest, most spiritual experiences, it, it kind of, it gives li- life in the most gross, dense way, in the most material way to the most subtle, deep spiritual experiences that I've had. Hmm. Every layer from the most subtle to the most expressive material level hmm. is present in the embodiment of Safira. Like she, she embodies it all in her, her just her, her presence, and all we have to do is look at her, and the heart just goes, bah! It's all there. It's all there, embodied in this child. And our only job is to ensure that, you know, those lights stay on. <laughs> we just keep those lights on, and you know, she will be something for the world, naturally. 
And because uh, she's so much for the world right now, she's so much for Carla and I right mm. now. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's taken both of us to a whole nother level in ourselves individually, but as a couple, as parents, as children to our parents, <laughs> you know, because now we understand. <laughs> and we go to our parents, oh, I understand, <laughs> you know, like, and then everything. So you know, it's, it's there's nothing that it hasn't transformed. Wow. It sounds like such an enriching upgrade oh. of, of your life experience. Yeah. It's an understatement. I can't even imagine. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Wow. Honestly, it's everything. <laughs> and, you know, I always thought it was going to be something special, but not this special. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's a great place to wrap, man. And this book is going to really resonate with the masses. Yeah, so it provides a lot of anecdotal evidence. It provides a lot of anecdotal you know, stories about how all of the, the teachings applied very practically. Mm. And it lays out a, a really simple but powerful framework for um, whenever you're confused about what's priority in life. Mm. It just helps you get back into the heart connect with what's important and then commit to that mm. and everything starts to resolve itself from there mm. thank you for your teachings my pleasure <laughs> thank you for your audience <laughs> thank you I also thank them <laughs> yeah yeah 